so growing up for you what do you think's like you know as, as you reflect on growing up all the way up into graduating from high school you know what what were some things that stood out to you that were very impactful for your life whether it be like really funny memories or just great lessons or even painful memories as well well I think some of the like funner you know funner funner is a word yeah uh, memories are you know I think uh, high school you, you know we, we end up winning our championship of our you know uh, we won our conference uh, senior year in football yeah and that was something we always wanted to do what position did you play dope another episode of adversity king so special guest and uh really a, a mentor to me and I, I guess essentially, you know, when I started in, in this industry, I started in, in your bloodline per se. And uh, without any further ado, we have Tommy Vina. How's it going, brother? Awesome, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you for, uh, you know, coming out here and doing this. So For sure. Massive, Place looks great. Yeah. Massive favor. Thank you. And uh, so I really wanted to open up real quick. You know, I was telling you before we hopped into this, I was like, you know, I don't, I don't like our interviews being like... Uh, or the podcast being pretty much like identical to anybody, you know, there's some styles that I'm fond of, but I really like it to be chill, laid back, nonchalant. I like to open up with kind of painting a painting a story of, of your life for the audience and the people that listen. And so I, I'd, I'd like to start with where were you born? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, where was I born? I yeah. was born in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yep. So right where I met you. Actually. Yes. <laughs> now, now with you born in the Berg, are your parents first generation Italian? Like, are they like, so yeah, my, uh, my father was born in, uh, in Pittsburgh as well. Okay. Yep. And then, but my Nana came over, uh, on a boat Yes. from Italy. So I don't know what's considered first generation. I don't is know either. Like... It just, I've heard it around here and I thought yeah. it sounded cool. I so first generation better. is like the, is that the first generation that came over? Or is I... it the first generation that was born here? I don't know. I so torn. that's how. Regardless, that's how it happened for us. <laughs> now, Nana came over and then she, she had my dad. Are you 100% Italian? No. Okay. So yeah. what, now your mom, what's she then? Uh, my mom, she's like uh, Polish okay. and uh, Irish. Okay. And I, I believe uh, the rest Italian. Have you ever seen the movie Kill the Irishman? I have not. Kill the Irishman? It's a really good It's like no. a mob movie. It's, okay. It's, 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 I highly recommend it. it was Kill like, the Irishman. Have you seen the movie Kill the Irishman, Aiden? Kill the yeah, it's an old. This is a movie made in like the '90s or 2000s. Yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal huh. movie. Like absolutely phenomenal movie. Huh? Who's and in it? Let me look it up. Um, Kill the Irishman. Yeah, let me. see. Now, that. isn't there a movie called like the? There's Irishman? a movie called The Irishman, the Irishman, and that came out here recently. That's about pretty much Chicago, right? A lot, a lot of. Chicago I think so. Yeah, Hoffa. Yeah. Yep. Now, Kill the Irishman. I was actually way off. I guess just my my young eyes, but it came out in 2011, not the 90s. Okay, and uh, it's about the the union in uh, Cleveland, and uh, it has Ray Stevenson, Vincent Don Donofario, Val Kilmer, and Christopher Walken. Yeah, I can't say I heard of that one. Dude. I'm gonna check it out though. Dude, I like if you you gotta like mob I mean, movies. If it's a mob me. movie, I yeah. can't be, believe I haven't heard of it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean <laughs> it's definitely mob. Like it's got that style. It's a, and it's a great movie. Aiden, you got to watch it too. So mom, Irish, Polish, dad, Italian. Um, now you're, I guess growing up, were you close with your grandparents on both sides? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I was really cl close with my, my grandfather. Uh, he lived with us when I was growing up for a couple of years. So I yep. got really close with him and, 
And then my, my Nana, um, I actually lived with her my freshman year of high school. So I, I lived with them. I moved out of my parents' house wow. to live with my Nana. And that's just a funny story in itself. Imagine living with your Nana, who pretty much speaks Italian, don't really speak any English. Yeah. She, uh, she lived, you won't believe this, she lived with her ex-husband, Joe Vina, which is the man that she married when she came over on an arranged marriage. So she came over on an arranged marriage from Italy to marry Jovina. Yeah. And uh, and then they had a, a, a child, and that was my dad. Yeah. Well, then they got divorced, um, and uh, she remarried, and she married Joe Moreschi. Okay. Right? And then they got divorced, and then she got her own house, and then Joe Moreschi needed somewhere to live and needed someone to take care of him because uh, he was he was blind. Yeah. So she let him move in. And then Jovina was living with her sister and her sister moved to Florida. Everybody took care of Jovina because without Jovina, nobody would be here. Yeah. You know, so um, her sister, Mary, was letting Joe live there. Yeah. And then Mary moved to Florida and Joe didn't have nowhere to live. So my Nana let Jovina move in. So now she's living with her ex-husband, Jovina, and her ex-husband, Joe Moreschi. Wow. And one was blind and one was pretty much drank wine all, a lot, all day, you know, and <laughs> wow. spoke nothing but Italian. And then I lived there in the basement as a freshman. <laughs> in college or high school? High school. So I'm like 13, 14 years old. And this wow. is my experience. <laughs> now, where'd you go to school? Uh, I went to pretty much a Catholic school my whole life. So I just met somebody the other day. She was so proud, this lady at the restaurant. And she was like, I'm here. I went to a Catholic grade school, Catholic high school in Loyola, private college. And I was like, me too? Yeah. <laughs> I went to a Catholic grade school, Catholic high school, except my freshman year. My freshman year of high school, I decided that I was going to go to uh, a, a public school because yeah. I knew how much money it cost to go to a Catholic school. And I was like, I'm going to try and maybe save my family money. Let's just go to a public school. We don't need to spend all that money. Yeah. So I went to a public school. And I, the only way I could do that is I would have to move in with my Nana and say I lived there because she lived in the school district where I needed to go to school. Yeah. If I would have went to the school district where I lived, I would have went to Langley. If you're from Pittsburgh... You might know about Langley. I don't think it's even open anymore, just to yeah. tell you about it. And there was bad, and then there's real bad, you know? So I couldn't go to Langley, so I went to Montour for my freshman year. It was my only year I attended a public school. And uh, after a year there, got in a little, maybe not the best couple situations, and uh, I ended up going back to Canavan. So yeah. I went, went to a Catholic school for my last three years and graduated from Bishop Canavan. And wow. then Went to Allegheny College up in Meadville. I went to a Catholic school for third and fourth grade. Which one was that? It was in Mount Pleasant. Do you know where Mount Pleasant is in oh, yeah. PA? Definitely. Which one was it? It was uh, Verna Montessori. Verna Montessori. Okay. Yeah. So it was it was nuns and they okay. were <laughs> and they like they were they were nuts. Yeah. Like they were, they were really nuts. And they, and instead of like Spanish class, we had Italian class. Like I remember reading like, okay, like they were trying to force us to learn Italian. Like it was really Catholic. Like, (laughs) like it was nuts. I remember we were trying to read Pinocchio in Italian and I I like look back and like, holy fuck, that was hard (laughs) in third, third grade. And we were doing a lot. We were doing the most, but uh, I mean, it built character. You know what I mean? It was, it was a very interactive learning style. The Montessori school systems. 
Bezos okay. loves them. So it was a Montessori. Yeah. But it was a Catholic. But one. it was a cat. Oh, <laughs> yeah, wow. it was like a hybrid, dude. It was wow. Yeah, it was extreme. We sent our son Tommy to a Montessori school for preschool, I yeah. think. And um, it was definitely, definitely, it wasn't a Catholic one. It definitely didn't have any nuns. Yeah. Uh, the ladies were pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, Bezos loves them. He like is, I think he's trying to like fund and build in Washington like a significant amount of like Montessori schools. I think it's, he puts a lot of money It's a good foundational it. type of learning. Yeah. From what I learned, it's kind of like uh, processes. You know, you start out and they're able to complete like this 10 chain. And then by the end, they complete like a chain of like a thousand things in a row. And they could see it and do. Yeah. That's what it teaches them. So I think yeah. that's, you know, pretty. I mean, have you seen that? You've seen the results. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, so growing up for you, what do you think is like, you know, as, as you reflect on growing up all the way up into graduating from high school, you know, what, what were some things that stood out to you that were very impactful for your life, whether it be like really funny memories or just great lessons or even painful memories as well? Well, I think some of the like funner, you know, funner, funner is a word. Yeah. Uh, memories are, you know, I think, uh, high school, you, you know, we, we end up winning our championship of our, you know, uh, we won our conference, uh, senior year in football. Yeah. And that was something we always wanted to do. What position did you play? Uh, wide receiver. Yep. So, you know, if we, I think regardless, I would have said playing high school football, um, was still something memorable, but it's, it's more memorable when you win something. So oh, absolutely. that made it even more memorable. Now what made it special was that, you know, me and my cousin were really tight growing up, but he always went to a different school. Yeah. And we always dreamt of playing on the same football team together. Well, he got to transfer to our high school and we got to play on the same football team together and win that championship, you know, so that's a good memory. Family, you know, yeah. like it's a family situation. Uranko? Uh no, my cousin TJ. Okay. Yeah, my cousin TJ Bencho. Okay. So um so yeah, and then uh, I don't know, man. Spending time with my grandfather, you know, I'm, you're looking at a certain period of time, I guess, in life. You know, high school, right? So you know, spending time with him, he got to come to all of our football games. You know, he was like our biggest cheerleader. We'd have to show up at the football. You know, you show up to the game. The game's at seven o'clock. You got to be at the field at four, right? Yeah. He'd be like, "I'm coming with you." He he'd be he'd show up at four o'clock before the game and he'd walk around the field and, you know, he's, yeah, <laughs> so. You know, that, those are some good times. And, you know, my parents were always going to, you know, they were there for everything. My dad coached, coached me growing up, you know, even though he worked two jobs. You know, my dad worked two jobs. But but growing up, I didn't, I never knew he worked. I knew he worked two jobs, but I didn't, like, know he worked two jobs because he was never there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I knew he didn't, he worked two jobs because I just, that's what he did. He worked two jobs. But he always took me to practice, picked me up from practice, and maybe after practice a few times, maybe I had to stop. You don't notice, but my dad had his life insurance license, and he was selling life insurance when when he was picking me up from practice. After practice, we just stopped by one of his clients' house so he could get paperwork filled out. And wow. I'm sitting on the porch playing with the kids. He's inside meeting with Joe and Mary, yeah. you know, and then we'd get back in the pickup truck, and we'd go home. Yeah. And I'd get my get my baseball stuff off and get a bath, you know? Yeah. Um, but I didn't know no different. In fact, I would, you know, almost, uh, you say like some people like, oh, my dad's never around. He works with, my dad was around. He worked at the same time and never made excuses. But I, if he wasn't, I'd be proud of that, that fact. I'm almost like almost proud of it. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, him co always coaching was, was awesome for sure. 
you know, I think playing sports for me was just the the thing that made everything a lot better. School, yeah, you know, uh, all all the sports, you know. Who do you think was most influential in your life growing up? Uh, probably my dad. Yeah, you know, he always gave me the advice and the wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know that sometimes I'd listen and sometimes I wouldn't and find out it was true. <laughs> yeah, right. Mm-hmm. He's always right. Typically, I can't say many times where I can even, you know, so yeah. I caught, I caught him not so my dad probably and, and my mom, them two, but, but them two most, mostly have, they raised me and, you know, um, uh, pretty much always had my back. Yeah. Right. So now you also went to a school in Erie, right? I went to, um, a school in Meadville, which is like a half hour south of, of Erie. So you, okay. there's like pretty much in Meadville or pretty much in Erie. Yeah. You know, but Meadville is like. That's where you went to college. Yeah. So where'd you yeah. go to college then? Uh, it was called Allegheny College and it was a small division three school. Um, I think we graduated with like 500 kids. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What made you decide on going there? Well, I, I wanted to play football still, and you know there was a couple of schools that uh, I liked that we went on, you know, um, after you, you graduate or right right when you graduate, and these these schools will take you on trips. So I got to do overnight stays yeah. at a couple of different colleges before you go there, and they usually assign you a person. And uh, what they'll do is I don't know if you ever do this before. I don't think so. Okay, <laughs> so what they'll do is they'll they'll assign you a person. And this person's job is to take you out for the night uh, and show you the college campus and the nightlife. So I did this at a couple different colleges. And uh, my time at, at Allegheny, um, my really, really, really good friend, best man in my wedding, basically uh, he's my cousin. Uh, I call him my cousin. He, um, he went there and he took me out for the night. And uh, I, just, I just had a great time. Um, and I felt comfortable going there because this, this guy went to grade school with me. He went to high school with me and now I'm going to be able to go to college with him. Same guy. Right. And he was my boy and we lived right up the street from each other. We rode the bus to school every day. Yeah. So, so basically cousin Lee was going there and that's one of the biggest reasons why I chose to go to, to Allegheny really. What was, you know, what was college like for you? What was the overall experience? I wanted to quit, and in, in, in my first semester, I was far, I was away from home. I didn't uh, I didn't know anybody. I was in Mead. I'm used to being in a city in Pittsburgh, and now I'm in Meadville. There's like nowhere to go, nothing to do, um, and I didn't let oh, my roommate. It was I mean they stick you with a roommate that you don't know. Yeah. They I don't know if I filled out a personality profile or what I did, but somehow they matched me up with this person thinking that me and this person were going to get along. Yeah. You know, maybe they thought opposites attract or something. Yeah. <laughs> Cause, uh, it was, it was tough. So yeah. that, that didn't help the situation. You know, I'm, I'm stuck in a room, you know, with, and, and he, the guy slept, slept on the bottom. I slept on a top bunk and, uh, snored every night. I mean, it was just, it was, it was everything. It was like out of a movie almost. It yeah. was almost out of a movie. Like, you know, like he snored at night. Um, he 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 didn't drink, which is fine. But I'm a freshman in college, and I had a couple beers in the fridge. And he he came home. It was like it was like out of a movie. He was like, 
oh my gosh, what are you doing? <laughs> He's like, if the RA finds this, we're going to be kicked out of college. My mom, she, she's, she would disown me. Like, <laughs> oh I mean, God. it was so over. It was over the top with like literally everything, you know. And I'm not saying I was trying to be a party animal, yeah. at all. I was just like having so, a little fun. So, anyways, you know, all of these things added up. I called my dad. I said, "I'm coming home." He said, "No, you're not." Yeah. He said, "You're not allowed." And he told me like, "I'm not allowed to quit." Yeah. No, I'm not allowed. I wanted to quit, come home. I was easy, you know, easy decision for me. Easy, right? So. Um, yeah, so college at first was rough, um, but I did it and it ended up being um, a lot of quality versus quantity. Like there wasn't a big campus with 14,000 people. There's 2,000 people, but our 2,000 was like quality, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of the, the takeaway from college there. And, you know, I learned a lot, obviously, and got a, you know, a economics degree. So I knew I wanted to get into money and finances and stuff and. Um, uh, then I graduated and, and ended up trying to become a real estate agent, which was fun for a minute. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, my dad told me there's no residual income in that. So, uh, so I stopped becoming a real estate agent. Uh, I like to tell people, um, I, I became a real estate agent for one day and then I retired. Yeah. I you know? your overview. <laughs> that's the, that's the joke. Yeah. <laughs> And after that, uh, I jumped in, became a you know financial advisor for the idea of building financial um, residual income in the financial services industry. So you know, there's a lot to learn about that. I mean, yeah. the financial industry is so just, vast; it's intense, it's crazy. There's so. Did you get any of the series much. licenses? Uh, yeah. So in order, you had to have your Series Seven and Series Sixty Six in order to start. What's the difference between a Series Six and a Series Seven? So series six, I believe you can do like annuities. Yeah. You can do annuities and like um, uh, universal policies um, and things of that nature. But a series seven, you can trade stocks. Okay. You can trade actual mutual funds, ETFs, UITs. You could people manage funds. You could um, uh, you could do a a what's called um, a variable annuity. Yeah. You know, versus just a fixed annuity or an index annuity, uh, you could do a variable life insurance policy, a VUL, variable universal. So the Series Seven allowed me to do that, and you know, I took advantage of the VUL uh, when I was younger. You know, uh, for myself, um, for the investment aspect, but I knew what I was doing. You yeah, know? yeah. You I've have heard to some manage about that. It now. You have to manage those, and you have to stay active with that. Uh, you know, I know people get all, all say like, oh man, what about annuities, annuities? And they say, well, I, I sell annuities. And I'm like, I don't know about that. I mean, that's uh, annuities for a very, very, very special person. You know, uh, I, I've very, very rarely, I could put everybody in annuities and made a lot of money. Yeah. Put it that way. The person, the only person that really wins with the annuity most is the person selling the annuity. Yeah. They pay a lot of money because you have to lock them up. They have surrender charges. So yeah, like, yeah, you can. So the, it. the company loves to sell annuities because as soon as they get it, they got it. Yeah. And you can't touch it for ten years. So they'll pay you easy five percent. They'll pay you a good rip up front on it. You know. Yeah. So you know, very few people I I, I did the the annuities for, but. A couple, though. A couple it made sense for. 
Now, before we completely jump into, you know, you transitioning into the financial services industry, one thing I was curious about, my best friend growing up was was Italian, and like every Sunday, my favorite thing to do was to see if he was going to his grandma's, because they would just have like a feast, and it was like homemade. Yeah. Did you do that? Did you guys have a Sunday Italian homemade feast? Yeah. Now, Uh, where was that? Was that at Nana's? Growing up, you don't realize it, you know, but it was, it was like had to have like every yeah it was like part of their like culture every sunday every sunday we went to nana's house and if it was the summertime my dad would usually wash his truck yeah yeah you know we'd go swimming (laughs) yeah they had like a little pool cars would be out sunday dinner uh at my nana's house all homemade she had a huge tomato garden you know that she a lot of tomatoes yes all homemade she jarred them up put them in the jars you know and stuck them um in the basement all this big cinder block yep. room in the basement like uh on all these wooden shelves was just filled with jars of See, i feel like every time family has has like a, a, a meeting place because this sounds exactly like his grandma's house and she had a she had the they had the garden they had a, a grape like a, it was a Grapes. small, yeah, yeah. They had a small. It was because they lived. Well, they lived in Jeanette, but they had a they had a small like little grape vineyard. You know what yep. I mean? There was like two solid vines, and it was brick, uh, brick basement, bunch of jars, but everything was just fire. So you remember that, right? So it was a. It was a, <laughs> that was like if I think back to like my favorite favorite times growing up, we'd go over, we'd play football in the just tackle football in her in her front backyard thing, and. Uh, They'd be cooking. We all go in and they'd shit talk each other, and we would just eat. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was yep. Put football on, laugh, and uh, get yelled at by his by his pap in Italian, basically. And <laughs> it was a fun time. Drinking some vino. I don't. I have no idea what we're drinking. They usually <laughs> made the. We got pop. You know what I mean? From yeah. Downstairs. Yeah. But uh, so you retire from the real estate after a day. And then your financial advisor, how long did you, I want to say it was a year. How long were you a financial advisor? No, I mean, it was three years. Three years? Three years, probably. Yeah, three three years in the game. Because I was 24 when um, when I met when I met Simon. Yep. And it was uh, May, I think we made the train. I think I met him in maybe like March or April. Yeah. And we talked through April, and then in May, I said, all right, I'm going to do this. But I, I took the whole month of May to transition because I had to call my clients and tell them all. Did you have a favorite client, like anybody that was like, damn? Uh, yeah, you had a couple. I had a couple. You yeah. Know, Sm- Smitty was my favorite just to hang out with Smitty and, 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 and Dottie. Smitty, yeah. They're my dad's uh, friends from work, and he was just always just fun to hang yeah. out with. You know, and, and that's really what, you know, I learned is some of the top financial advisors, they they don't take on clients that they don't like to deal with. Oh, yeah. But people who are, you know, struggling, they'll just take on anybody, you know, and they got to deal with that type of stuff. So I, yeah. I've learned from talking to these top, they're like, I got roles, you know, and if they don't meet this criteria, and, and one of those roles and criteria is, um, it's called the cringe role. If this client calls me and I cringe and I don't want to answer that call, it's like I don't want to work with them. Yeah, you know. So that's 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 kind of cool. It's like a good hiring rule too. 
That's, like, so that's what I said in our business. We oh, okay, go, we, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was like, I feel like he's using this to like reference. He definitely uh-huh. taught his taught his deal to this. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I took that from him. He was my neighbor. You know, it's fine. I was in, in um, I got to move into this neighborhood, and I looked around in the neighborhood, and I tried to see like, what do all these people do? Yeah, you remember the uh, the um, uh, the Heights of North Park? Yeah, in Pittsburgh. You know, they're all these million dollar houses and stuff, and I'm trying to figure. So I, I looked in the directory, right? Yeah. Guess what they all were? It was all like three things. It was it was uh, doctors, right? Yep. Doctors, some sort of doctor, like a yeah, surgeon, yeah. whatever type, some sort of doctor. Um, it was uh, business owners, mm-hmm. like biz- they own like businesses. Yeah. Right. And it was financial services industry. Yeah. Those were like 90% of the people. And then we had a couple of sports players, like um, the guy that played for the uh, Penguins. He was the coach for the Penguins. Yeah. Maybe Mark Recchi was There's nothing names. better than going to a Pens game also, by the way. Oh, yeah. Pens You're right. Games are so fun. You're right. Have you been to the Blackhawks game? I haven't. I was going to ask you. I was going to bring that. I got a nice Blackhawks jersey in the back. Yeah, they're different. Definitely different. Um, but equally as fun, I'd say. Equally as fun. Yeah. Just different. If you go to a Blackhawks game, here's just definitely, if you go to a Blackhawks game, here's what you have to make it there for the national anthem. Yeah. If you come to a Blackhawks game and you go there just for the national anthem and just something happens and you got to leave. Yeah. Right? It was worth the price of admission. Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you that. They go nuts in there. Everybody sings along. It is intense. That's dope. It is intense. That's dope. Especially in like, I guess rough times, you know what I mean, with with division across the nation at times. So that that's probably well, a really cool experience. Yeah, for sure. But it's just a tradition that they have here. Yeah. Uh, especially when this their, their their guy comes out and sings, and I forget his name, Cornelius or something like that. I can't remember the guy's name. But, yeah. But the Penguins got you know, is it Jeff Jimerson? So who's he, where's he from? He's from Pittsburgh. And he sings. He sings the national anthem in Pittsburgh. So if you ever do a Penguins game, and you got you know Jeff Jimerson singing, you know it's a real treat. Is Flurry on the Blackhawks? Flurry was f- traded to the uh, Vegas. Was but was he ever on the Blackhawks? No. I want to say my jersey says Flurry. You have a Blackhawks jersey with Flurry on it. I'm like. I haven't been up to date this year. That he could have been traded here and that would be pretty cool mark because then we'll be able to go check out let's see here where he's playing right now the flower dude look the first picture that comes up blackhawks wow how about that so i i was i told my guys when i got this jersey i was like you know what this jersey's gonna be worth like worth something one day maybe a couple extra bucks or something because this dude is from pittsburgh yeah and i can remember coming like i remember being like 12 years old or something like that and and he was just a killer you know what i mean that was a pens were on fire you had a young crosby you had malkin you had flurry just kind of like that big three and it was like i feel like there was a year there was like two years where they like won the cup like back to back or something oh yeah yeah it was nuts yeah it was absolutely nuts flower he's 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 my favorite out of all the the goalies probably of all time yeah for the for the pens i think he's probably my favorite i was sad when they let him go and they start you know messing around they start putting in different goalies and i understand all that i guess but yeah he went to another team and they kick butt yeah you know so yeah they did well so you, you get into you, you take you take the time you transition but before we before we completely jump in what's the hardest adversity you've overcome in your life up until this point too because i feel like 
yeah, it wasn't even me really, you know. Um, but uh, side note, before I answer, because I wanted to just tell you real quick, you know, you know Brody, right? Yes. And Bro Brody's brother Chad, yes, owns the Wheel Connection. Yes. And uh, he does all the 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 uh, players. So he does the Steelers and the Browns. Yeah, he does like everything. He does he does uh, a lot of the Penguins. Um, yeah. He does Chris Letang. Well, one of his main clients is Flurry. Wow. You know, and uh, every time, you know, I'd be down there, he, one of Flurry's cars would be, you know, in his shop. Right? Yeah. So I was just a little, little side. No, note. Chad Flurry always has all, yeah. sick cars. Brody or Chad will send them to me and I'll be like, oh, my God, that's yeah. sick. That's sick. That one uh, cornerback or something for uh, the Steelers. Hayden? Always, yeah, he always got some Rolls yeah. Royce or something uh -huh. down there. Yeah, yeah. I think he had, last time I was like a real nice uh, white wraith he had sitting yeah. there. Yeah, there's always something sweet. Um. But, but yeah, uh, you know, back to the question though, you know, as far as adversity goes is, uh, uh, it, it was not really me, you know, not, it wasn't my personal adversity. It was my son, you know, uh, what about before? So I wanted to get into that. So I, I would imagine that would be him before you had your family. Was there anything that was like a major pivotal moment in life adversity wise? Um, I mean, I was injured a few times. I was in a car accident. Was an eye opener. Yeah. You know, uh, I'd say I'd say that the car accident would be the biggest one. You know, being in the hospital for a few different injuries definitely, you know, is is something. But now, like now that you can look into the adversity you face in your entire life, which is your son, what you had faced there, it's incomparable. So that's probably where it's like. Yeah, you know, it's. It's a gift and a curse, I guess. You never want you never want to take your car into a telephone pole, you know, at, yeah. at high speeds, you know. Yeah. And uh, and you get knocked out and you wake up and it's an absolute mess. I mean, I couldn't believe that I was alive. And afterwards, yeah, there's was, was a lot of rehab. I was blind in my right eye for a week and all kind of stuff. Oh, that would suck. I could just go on and on about the details of that. Yeah. But, but the uh, adversity of that was... Um, you know, overcoming it, it's crazy because you don't appreciate what you have until it's gone. Yeah. Right? So, like, you, you know, for, for life, that'd be too late. Yeah. You know, you can't start appreciating life after it's it's gone. Yeah. So, um, for me, it was like I almost, I probably should have, you know, not made it through that car accident. Yeah. And, and then I did, and then you have this realization, like, holy crap, I was spared. Why was I spared, you know? How old were you? Uh, I, was, I was 23, mm -hmm. 10 days before my 24th birthday. Mm. And, then, and then a year later is when I started with AIL. Wow. In July of, of 08. So that was like July of 07, I, I believe. And then when did you have your son, Antonio? Oh, I said Tommy in 2012 and Antonio uh, in 2018. And so now with the adversity you face with him, uh, has that been the hardest adversity you've, you've faced in your entire life? I'm sorry. You know, Antonio is 2016, 2016. Okay. <laughs> I, I correct. <laughs> he's, he, he's November 18, 2016. So, so he's November 18, 18. 16. Okay. Yeah. They're both November. No, Tommy's May. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then the adversity with him, that's the hardest out of your entire life? Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Did you know when he was being born that he had... It, now, what exactly was wrong with his heart, right? Yeah, so before he was born, they identified it, which which is huge, modern-day technology. If they didn't and, and he was born, they would have to try and figure out, and it could be too late, and yeah. bad stuff could happen. So they had a, a whole pre-planned out plan for whenever he was born for exactly what they were going to do. Like, all right, you could do this. Then we got to have him here. Then in a couple hours, got to do this. Then we, they had it all planned out. So that was huge. Uh, the team we worked with was amazing, but they told us a couple months, you know, before he was born, um, about the situation and I'm not good with that stuff. So I end up almost passing out in the room with the doctors, you know, I'm, I'm laying on the floor. They're telling me about it. And then, uh, you know, then they had the plan and everything. So they, they, they identified, you know, he had uh, CHD, extended heart disease. You know, part of his heart didn't form, so they had to have, you know, um, surgeries lined up for him. So he did one, like, probably three days old. I mean, he's a small little baby, so three days old. And then I th right around maybe three months and then a little bit after a year. Uh, so he had three open-heart surgeries in his first year, but for six months— he was born and then for six months we had to live in in the hospital so for us i mean we did no i mean i for whatever i go through is nothing compared to, to that i couldn't even be like yeah you know oh man i didn't get a shower today or oh man or what are you talking about like you know and there's uh nurses and doctors and a lot of people um that had a hand in making sure that everything went the way it needed to go. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that, I mean, I, I don't think I, if you want to say with adversity, that was the biggest, yeah. you know, adversity we faced as, as a family. And, um, and what's nice is we had, uh, number one, just amazing doctors, um, and, uh, hospital and nurses who are like angels, almost these, these girls, I mean, these nurses, number one, they're, taking care of it but then they had to deal with parents and people worried and they were just like amazing but then you know uh, my wife was super strong through the whole thing and I think that made Antonio strong you know mm -hmm. if she was stressed and of course she was stressed but if she was letting it pour into him he would feel that I yeah. felt like you know but everything was positive in the room and we tried to keep it as you know you know, positive as possible. And, you know, um, then the rest of the family came in and, you know, supported us. And then all, all of our friends supported us. And we had, uh, just people from all around, you know, sending pictures of hearts for Antonio. And so it was just, it was, I think all that helped is you crazy. You might think it is. I mean, it, it's a lot of things had to go right for him to, you know, um, have the success that they had in all those op one operation one little thing and one operation goes wrong and it could be bad and there yeah. were three of them miraculously now he's you know, so he's had three total yeah three of them yeah and if you meet him today he's the happiest kid oh, on he, earth and he's he in would sports never know he just started because we would he just started doing wrestling practice right okay. now he's five yeah so next year he's we'll let him compete but this year we would take tommy to practice and he he would be at the door. I want to go to practice. Yeah. So after three months, two two months of him asking, I said, "All right, 
Let's go. Now, does he have to wear? I went to school with a kid. He had to wear a guard. I don't know if there was if it was a similar. No, no, they they didn't Solid. they didn't say anything about yeah. it to us. You know. Yeah. Maybe he should. That's so dope. He's though. not. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's 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 dope to see him thriving and everything. I saw him running around. He and runs like, around. He don't even practice. Really, so he like, don't know nothing. Parents won't know unless you show somebody. Nobody would know. Yeah. He's just happy because nothing can phase him after that. Yeah. You know, like. And like you guys either as a family, that's like, it's like, you know what I mean? Something you, goes you bad. You get it's a, like, oh, we've a had good worse. sense of uh, appreciation. Yeah. Right. Like, now, we we jumped a little ahead. How far were you into the insurance industry at that point? Yeah. So, you know, I was with, um, uh, I was in a financial advisor for three years. So, uh, and then um, I've been here now going on 14, so 17 years total. Yeah. Antonio's five, so that was probably about eleven years in. Wow, but you and then with AIL though you were eight, eight years in, eight or nine. What was yeah. your first year like? What was the first month like? Even you know what I mean. So you started in May, transitioning. So June was your first month. July, yeah, June. June was training. June okay. Was tra so training was interesting. You Before know? you start ripping, I can remember you tell like. It was towards the end of my first year, and I read a decent amount of business. And you, you, you were showing us your P and P or something from your first year, and you were like, "By my third month, I did eighty four thousand dollars in business." Do you guys know how I did eighty four thousand dollars in business? And I'm like, "How the fuck did he write eighty four thousand And he was like, "I didn't write eighty four thousand dollars in business. <laughs> my team did, because we were developing and recruiting." Why would I go out and spend all my time writing all this business when I can help others make a lot of money and protect a lot of families as well and get paid to do so? And I'm like, I'm such a fucking idiot. Why do <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing this 15 months out here banging on as many doors as well. It's like I could be sharing the opportunity more. And uh, it, it to this day, I use that. I think about that. You know what I mean? So many key things that, that just seeds and things you planted that have made a lot of people rich. You know what I mean, bro? <laughs> Brody Evanson, you know what I mean, driving around in McLaren every day. So that's Brody, man, super coachable, super coachable. So sorry to sorry to steal away from the the, the thunder of your first your your first year, but I can remember from what you've told me about your first year. Yeah, you know what it what it did for me and just inspiration. Yeah, I guess uh, I could go back. It was like I said, I was I was twenty four, turning twenty five. It was July two thousand and eight. That was I think when I came to AIL. Yeah, pretty, pretty darn sure that was it. Uh, and I remember, you know, everybody was giving commitments in the meeting for what they're going to do for the month. And people were committing these numbers. And I'm like, whatever they commit, it got to be higher. You know, it's just like bidding. Yeah. So at the end, I, I made sure I committed 30000 for the month. That was my big commitment. And uh, I never wrote a piece of business before in my life. I was just in two weeks of training. Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I go back in my car and I realize that, okay, you just told your SGA that you're going to do 30,000 this month. Now what? And I was like, well, let's start figuring it out. And I figured there's 31 days in the month. So you're basically going to need to write a thousand a day every day. And, uh, so I went out there and, and that was my number one main goal was to if, say you're going to do something, you know, make sure that you do it. Right. So, um, but I, I, uh, I missed my number. And I came in, I only did like, I did like 24,000 or something. And um, 
Uh, I also focused that month on bringing people into the business and building my team because I also told Simon that I knew a bunch of people. I told him that I was going to have a big team built, you know, and I had to make sure I followed up on that. Yeah. So I brought 10 people in that month and um, they start coming in the door the following month. And, you know, before you know it, I, I, I looked up and, and I had a team of 10 people. You know, maybe I think seven of them were trained, like seven of them, what, three of them were in training. Three of them were like uh, just getting trained up. And, and then maybe I had like three of them right in business. And then sure enough, in my, I think it was my fourth month actually, is when we did that, those numbers you were talking about. Yeah. So it was like my fourth month and I had like 10 people or something. And, um, you know, we did like 80 some thousand or, or whatever the number 84, whatever it said. And that's, uh, that was like, that was my first four months, you know, in the business. And what it was like was just absolute craziness every day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't know what I was doing. It was my first four months, but I was just jumping in and trying to, you know, fake it till I can make it for the most part. Yeah. Right. Leading from the front, uh, making sure that, that, uh, I was definitely, um, not telling somebody that to do something that I wasn't doing myself yeah. or wasn't willing to do. I was a big, big thing. I was like really obsessed with. <laughs> What'd you make your first year? So yeah, uh, my first year, how about this? My first year out of college, I worked with Ameriprise Financial as a financial advisor. I worked 80 hours a week, no vacations, cold called and prospected and paid for all my own events and everything. And I made 35000 that year. I feel like that's still like a, a victory. Right year out of college. Yeah, Not too bad. Sure. I thought everybody was telling me I was doing good. They gave me an award from the company. Yeah. You know? So my second year out of college, I did the same thing. 80 hours a week, grinded, no vacations, and I uh, made like 50. And then my third year, I was getting up there. I was making good like 70, 75 maybe. And, you know, that's when I, that's when I, I met Simon. Yep. And he explained to me the opportunity. And based upon that, like he didn't sell me. He didn't have to sell me. There was no dressing it up or, you know, yeah. nothing. He literally wrote on a, a sheet. I think we, we, I think there was a sheet of paper and we flipped it over and we used the back of a sheet of paper. How'd you guys meet? And he, he, uh, that's a, you know, I'll tell you that story in a second okay. too. He wrote on a sheet of paper with a, with a pen. Yeah. And just said, here's how it works. And I just, I couldn't believe it. So, um, you know, after showing me that, that was, uh, you know, that was, that was the, the, the hook, line and sinker right there. Um, but yeah, Simon and, and he moved to Pittsburgh at the beginning of the year and started the agency and he reached out to some people that he already knew. So in his agency, uh, that he started with, this was in Cleveland. So yep. he's, he's in Cleveland. He gets promoted to a state director. He moves to Pittsburgh and, um, he's like, I don't know anybody in Pittsburgh. And he knew like a few people. And one of these people um, that he, he knew, he met when he was in Cleveland. Yeah. So uh, I guess what they did is they had a, a recognition meeting and they had the Cleveland Cavalier cheerleaders come in. Yeah. <laughs> and and I guess do, do a, a dance and a cheer for all the winners or whatever. Um, and one of those cheerleaders was was my friend, Janelle. And, and Simon met her at that recognition meeting 
and I guess they stayed in contact. And when he moved to Pittsburgh, he put two and two together. He's like, wait, I remember she's from Pittsburgh. Yeah. So she, he contacted her and told her, hey, I'm about you know, I'm looking to um, you know hire, recruit, train, develop, mentor some people in the business. You know, who do you know in the city of Pittsburgh that you could introduce me to? And um, and she introduced she she called me up and she said, hey. You know, I know this guy. Uh, I don't know what he does. He makes a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you got to go meet with him. And and I'm like, ah, you're always talking about something, right? So I kind of just shrugged her off, you know. And she ended up uh, telling me one night, she's like, we're going to go to the club on Saturday night. But before we do that, we're going to go to my cousin's 21st birthday party. Will you come? You know, my dad's going to be there. And her, her dad and mom are cool. You know, and so I wanted to go and hang out with, with, with them anyway. So we went there and uh, and she also told the same thing to Simon. She's like, hey, come to my cousin's 21st birthday party. Yeah. So uh, and that's how um, she had us meet because she's like them two got to meet. Yeah. And she like kind of tricked us into meeting kind of, yes. you know. Uh, and then from there, uh, we went uh, that night, just like the whole plan was, we were going to go out after. So we went out after and Simon, we go out and get in the car and, uh, he's like, just, you know, we, 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 uh, I think I followed him down to like the South side of Pittsburgh. And then we parked my car and I jumped in his car and he's driving a white 745 BMW. Yeah. And that is the car that like the president of the company would drive. If you own, if you're like 55 years old with gray hair and you finally were the president of the company, like, yeah. that's the car you would drive. Yeah. That was my dream car. I said, when I'm 50 and I'm retired, I'm getting 740 and he had it at 24 years old. Yeah. So I'm like, wait a minute, how did you have a 745 at 24 and I'm 24? We graduated the same day. It was mother's day. We both graduated on mother's day. Yeah. So how did after three years, and he's like, he, he obviously showed me that it's just a different vehicle. Like I was over here and I was driving my vehicle and he was driving his vehicle, but he's lapping everybody. Yeah. Right. How come he, how come he's, cause it's a different vehicle. You, I was driving like a, a beat up station wagon from, you know, Chevy Chase's movies, you know, yeah. uh, national lampoons. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> he's driving a brand new Ferrari. Yeah. You know, in the movie when he's driving down the road mm -hmm. and he looks over and uh, there's that like uh, young blonde driving a Ferrari. Yeah. But he's driving a station wagon. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was me. And then there's the Ferrari and just that's a double tech, you know, <laughs> What's going on? So, so yeah, so that's kind of how I always use that comparison. Cause I just, I don't know, to me, it makes the most sense. It's, it's, it's what happened, what happened, it was what was happening for me, you know, my life is I was stuck in that vehicle. So I got, I got, I saw his vehicle, which was the 745. And then I, I found out that the vehicle to get that vehicle was AIL. So then I saw that vehicle. Yeah, and I said I got to get out of this vehicle. I got to get in this vehicle yeah. so I could drive that vehicle. Yes, get into <laughs> the right vehicle so you can get into the right vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> so, when did you start winning across the the company entirely? Like, what what year did you? Because there was a few years you were number one RGA. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't anything in, in really relatable in the company. You know, when I was an agent, when I was an SA, but when I was a GA. Um, uh, before I became an MGA, uh, which was my main goal, I wanted to be an MGA so bad, but I told myself, you can't be an MGA until you master being a GA. Because the better you are here, the better you're going to be here. 
So, um, you know, I, I told myself until you're in the spotlight magazine as a GA for like top GA in the company for a month, at least you can't go be an MGA. So I put together and made sure that we rallied up and put together a big month as a GA. Uh, and then I got, I was in the spotlight and I was like, all right, I hit my numbers. I was in the spotlight. Then I was comfortable yeah. being, in it. I, I didn't want to just go become an MGA and then be like, now what i wanted to be an mga and be like i already been doing this stuff for a couple months already yeah you know so so and then when did you like when did you start secure like when was the first year you were number one in the company whether it be mga or rga well i i um i never was number one mga because uh, as soon as my mga team got really you started big, pumping out mgas i promoted yeah a bunch of mgas in a short period of time so you could imagine like my mga team was big but then it kind of thinned out. Yes. Right. But then my RGA team was big. Big. So it was 2009. I got promoted to an MGA. Yep. That year I made like 120,000. Yep. Uh, more money than anybody in my family ever made at that point. Yes. 2010, uh, I got promoted to an RGA um, and uh, I made like uh, 200,000. In 2011, we were number three RGA, and I made like 500,000, 512. Was that the year you and Justin spent like 100,000 at? at uh... 2011? Yeah. Yeah, 2011, I made 500,000. No, no, it wasn't until 2012 until, you know, we. Um, Ross, was it Ross Park? We went to Ross Park Mall every week and yeah. spent, you know, a check. Money that I wouldn't recommend to doing to anybody ever again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we would call it we're Rick Ross Park Mall. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to Rick Ross Park Mall, and we would place like some Juicy J, and you know, um, talk, he talks about spending money in the song, and we go to the to, the to the thing, and we would spend money at the mall, you know, and that's you know I, I, that year, 2012 though, uh, we ended up getting on stage as top yeah. RGA. Um, I probably I made over nine hundred thousand dollars. I was making you know yeah, fifteen. What is it? Eighteen, nineteen thousand dollars a week yep. on average. Yep. Fourth year with the company. I'm twenty eight years old or something at this point. Yeah, you know you'd never seen anything like that. So you go to the mall and spend some money, you yeah. know, for a while. But looking back at it, that wouldn't be my financial advice for anybody at all. You yeah. Know? <laughs> When'd you get the Moz? I think I even told I was probably always preaching to you guys. You guys, too. you guys always were, and I was like, I was like, you. Better and then not I heard be that story. Money. I heard that story. I was like, Nah, <laughs> they spent it. <laughs> I did spend it, but that, that's why you should not do it. You know, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I did I it, made so the you mistake. don't. Do, yeah, yeah. I made the mistake. You know. No, I, I definitely. <laughs> I think I, I blew a lot of money on, on car mistakes. Like not, not buying cars like Brody, but mistakes with with cars just like not not sleeping and being stupid with with the cars yes so that cost yeah. that cost me a fortune Re wrecking cars wrecking cars will cost you a lot of money it will yeah for it sure will cost you a lot of money so as you're you're making nine hundred thousand dollars you're five years in four years into into working in american income life with simon um what year did you get married oh <sighs> 2015 so that would be my like seven years in the business did you get married in italy 
was it your wedding in Italy or was it? Well, no, uh, Maddie D got married in Italy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We did our honeymoon in Italy though. Is he Italian? Is Maddie D Italian? Yeah. 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 For real? Diolis. Diolis. It's yeah. A good, good, good Italian name. Yeah. That is pretty yeah. Italian. Now is he half or is he? Um, he's not a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe I can't speak for, 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 for Maddie D, <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> um, but try and tell him he's not Italian and, and see what he says. <laughs> I'm going to shoot him a text right now. So, so, um, but yeah, yeah his was in, in Italy. Where'd you go? F- How many times have you been in Italy? Just, just those two, two times, you know, we, we went for our honeymoon, which was amazing. Um, I can't say, you know, Amer- American incomes is great. Cause I went for our honeymoon. We went for almost a whole month. We were yeah. gone and came back and you know, nothing, not a skip the beat, got paid the whole time. Just like, as if I was here, you know? Yep. Um, and, uh, and, and then for his wedding, um, he got married out there. It was, it was, it was awesome. It was, it was really, really cool. Our, my parents got to come. His parents were there. All, we had all of our friends there, family. That was, that, I definitely wanted to go back and do, do something like that again, for sure. What's your favorite part of Italy? Uh, I think right now, out of all the places, I really enjoyed like Lake Como. I haven't been to the Malfi Coast, so I, I, from what I hear, I'm probably going to enjoy that. Um, but as far as Italy goes, there, but I like Sicily. Uh, all Sicily. Where do you do awesome. the boat tours? Uh, you mean through like the cities. Uh, with the gondola? Yeah, like where they take you throughout the city. You can that's re- uh, that's in Venice. Have you yeah. been there? No, no, haven't been to Venice. So Sam went there and he fell in trying to get out. He fell into the water. Oh my god! <laughs> what? <laughs> he fell into the water. <laughs> like like completely fell into it. They were like making fun of him in Italian, like the tour people or whatever. Yeah, I'm thinking knowing Sam, he might have. Maybe he did it on purpose. Maybe. He I don't know. Wanted, he just wanted to jump. He's like, I'm jumping in this water. He said it smelled bad. Well, I can imagine. I don't know. He yeah. said it was it was gross. But but yeah, so he fell in, in uh in Venice or whatever. So that was hilarious. What was uh what was the food like? Best. Yeah. Best. Yeah, yeah. I mean you can't really get it here. Just it's just different. It's different. Have you been to Little Italy in Chicago? No, I haven't been to Li- Little Italy. I haven't been into no. I don't know. I'm, if trying, I'm trying to there's think. Gotta where it is. There's got to be one. There's got to be. No, yeah, there there is a little bit. I looked it up. Um, I just can't remember the name of the town that that it's I hate in. the traffic. I don't even go really into the city. I hate I, the traffic so bad. You're right, man. I I try to avoid it too. You know, um, next week they're releasing the vax mandate though. Yeah, they're How getting rid that? of it. So I'll yeah. So I that's know. another reason why I, I won't free reign. Now you could just go down there. Yeah, go down to dinner if we want. Have you tried a lot of places down there? Anything you like that stands out? Um, yeah, yeah. Or just uh, in general, I just go to the Capitol Grill right here. I, how I about how about you? Where did you where did you? Go? I just go to the Capitol Grill, Capitol. but in the city, I, I've done Nobu, I've done Maple and Ash, I've done different different some different places. Yeah, everything's everything's good, but it's not worth me spending four hours of driving. You know what it's I mean? Two lot. hours there, two hours back, and, dude. It's a lot. It's and then it's lot. like you, you're gonna spend at least a thousand dollars, so it's like. You gotta really make a good day of it if you're gonna go down there. And if you and bring friends or whatever, they always expect you to pay. <laughs> and you, you know, you have to be on a schedule. And you know, you, I just want to go down and just hang out and walk around and yeah, you know, just shop around and not have to like, all right, well, we got two more hours and then we gotta hurry up and be like, it's yeah, because you're only in town for a certain amount of time, you know. Yep. But it's awesome down there. I really like it. I enjoy. Have you been in the Trump Towers? Being, 
Um, I haven't stayed overnight yet. Yeah. But uh, if you go to Trump Towers, I think it's called Terrace 15 or something like that. Yeah. And it's um, an outdoor patio. It's like it's like rooftop. It's yeah. Roof, it's really awesome. Terrace 13, something like Sounds that. Sounds familiar. It's really, really, really awesome. So I, I went there a few times. Definitely would recommend to go there. If you have people coming into the town and you want to show them the city, yeah. take them to Trump Tower, Terrace 13. Obviously, it's got to be good weather. Have you been in the 96 restaurant 96 or whatever yeah. it's that 96 floors up mm -hmm. that place is sweet yeah, yeah that place yeah. is sweet the food yeah. wasn't crazy but it was still it was a cool experience did you uh did you eat dinner there yeah we ate dinner did you go to like the lounge on the or did you go to the, the big like it's a it's like a big i know i think i know what you're talking about there's like a lounge we went we just went to the restaurant both yeah. times so you went it's like a big restaurant there right? yeah Right, tables everywhere yeah just tables everywhere and yeah shit like that's mm -hmm. pretty tight so i only been to the lounge upstairs okay. and that's pretty darn cool you know you just sit around like we're hanging out here they bring your drinks over and yeah. right behind us is the windows and you're literally like overlooking the, yeah. the city so uh, i've been meaning to go back there uh, that would be something cool to take the team down there hang out with some friends or when you have visitors yeah now, let's pop up here for a drink and you hop off an elevator and they're like yeah. You know. So, but my my next question is what's the most you made in a week and what are your residual what's your residuals clearing at? Yeah, uh in a week, you know, it's been documented and we've had weeks where uh with bonuses paid out cuz the company yeah. pays bonuses and it just so happened on the same week we got our residual income. Yeah. Right? And it just so happened for the week that we had a killer week. Yeah. Uh, over a hundred thousand. Wow. And in, in one week, that's know. insane. We'll never, never forget that. Never forget that. But I think, uh, uh, one cool week before that happened, we were in Puerto Rico, uh, 2013 or something. We were in Puerto Rico. I mean, I was 16. We were number one RGA and, uh, I was hanging out with Maddie D and his dad. Yeah. Me and my dad. And we're in Puerto Rico for convention because he always brought his dad with him. Yep. And uh, Justin brings his dad. I bring my yeah. dad, you know. Yeah. And um, uh, we got paid on Friday. And, and the income report came out. And it was so cool because, like, I think, like, uh, I made, like, 60-some thousand. You know, Maddie D made, like, 45, 50,000, something like that. Yeah. And we were in puerto rico yeah and i'm like between me and you they just paid us a hundred thousand dollars this week man and we're two kids from mckee's rock from the from pittsburgh technically yeah. you know and uh at one point me and him were buddies you know so we're in our young 20s and we had to go out it's friday night yeah you can't just sit around what are you, what are you gonna do and uh He's like, dude, I mean, what are we going to do? I don't got no money. I mean, we can't be going out balling this out This is the, the 12 story? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so he's like, dude, I, I, he's like, I got five bucks. And I'm like, all right, I got seven bucks or something like that, right? And yeah. we added up the money that we had. And it added up to, to $12. And we said, all right, we got 12 bucks. We're going to make a night of it tonight, man. So then we're calling around. And we find out that this place called Zen had – uh uh dollar drinks yeah you know we're like oh dollar drinks we're gonna get you know we're gonna be able to at least get 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 going here right yeah so we show up to the door and they're like five dollar cover 
So we're like, oh, no one has told us about the $5 cover. We yeah. just thought it was dollar drinks. Yeah. So our $12 quickly went to $2. And now we had to walk into the bar and we had to go up to the bar and each get a, a dollar drink, right? Yeah. But we only had $2. So now we, we go into the corner. I'm like, all right, here's two bucks, all right? Go up there and get us two beers. And he's like, I'm not going up there and getting two beers on dollar beer night and not give a tip like we know the bartender we're not doing that and i'm like well one of us got to do it and i'm like i'm not doing it so we're we rock paper scissors yeah <laughs> in the corner to see who has to go up and buy the beers because we didn't want to be in the embarrassment of uh not tipping right yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah somehow of course we had a blast that night you know but that's just a memory because uh i mean that same night we held a picture up and 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 we held a picture of like i held a one he held a two up you know and it was like twelve dollars because yeah a couple of years ago we were going out on the night for twelve dollars now we're in puerto rico and making a hundred thousand yeah you yeah know? so that was pretty cool so and then what are the renewals what are they kicking out at now uh like over 20 22 i yeah you know, 20 to 22 yeah and that's know. that's off all old accounts yeah, that's all business that's done. That's no new. That's that's uh, all old for basically about twelve years. It yeah. took twelve years of building up to to that, and then um, and then when you become an SGA, you switch to a new account. So that's all just off of RGA. Yep. Um, I don't get any of the any uh, renewals into SGA until uh, until you retire. Is typically the way. That they set it up yeah uh and there's a couple different ways that we can get it obviously yeah um before we retire it's like way crazier for us so it's like so <laughs> you need what's the cool thing about it man you think about that is is i didn't have to wait until i retired to start getting my residual income absolutely like i was getting paid my retirement before i was like while i was working yeah. so like i think about the millions of dollars that the company paid over those years yeah you know if i was getting 20 grand a year for four years or 20 grand a month for four years there's a million dollars right there that they paid in residual income yeah that i didn't even retire yet yeah most people if they wanted to get a million dollars in retirement money they would have to retire yeah you know so that is i mean there's just it's incredible there's no way to put uh any words or numbers really i tried to put both to the power of residual income. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. It's insane. Now, when you transition to Chicago, now how long have you been your own state director now? Uh, it'll be th two years in March. Two years in March. Yeah, so. It, se it seems like it's pretty been much way two longer. years. Pretty yeah. much two years. So, well, how's the two years been so far? Uh, just like I would expect it to be. It's the first two years of starting a business you know from scratch yeah you know in a brand new territory yeah. as well and then on top of that in a brand new world because everything i moved out here and i told myself that oh well i already know how to do the business i've been doing it for 12 years i'm just going to keep doing what i've been doing and it should work out yeah <laughs> right if you know how to bake a cake if you just keep on yep. using the recipe i thought it would work well come to find out that the pandemic hit and everything that i knew went completely out the window 
Dude, it was I'm insane. Like, I can't keep doing what I'm going to do. Now I'm a new, new agency. All these people are dependent on us. So we had to uh, just make, you know, make it happen. Just yeah. make it happen. But yeah, I mean, just getting off the ground. Uh, I, I didn't expect nothing less than, you know, uh, anything and everything that it would take. You know, whatever it takes is whatever it takes. And we just put everything into it everything every every resource everything that we got from our 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 toes to the top of our head and uh you know and but i knew that was what it was going to take yeah right um so it's uh it's it's been everything i expected i think you won your you won your category your first first and i'm not saying bad yeah i'm not saying bad it's 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 what i it's what i wanted this is you know I, i wanted this you know uh get in there and get into the fight and yeah you know get bloody and feel feel yes feel it a little bit right yeah (laughs) so now you won your category your first first full year in then yes yeah they put us in category 10 and um i mean you guys are right up there with category three four i mean you guys are doing this year they moved us up from 10 to 5 so we jumped like all the way all the way up there so we definitely got our hands full this year for sure um You know, so it's it's fun to you know look at those reports and stuff. But, um, like I I I mean it's good, and I I use that to help the team to show them that you know look we're doing good. You know we're doing yeah, yeah. good guys. But for us, uh, you know, compared to our goals, right? Yeah, I mean you know it's because you've touched five hundred thousand a week. You know what I mean when it comes to production, if not more. So yeah, yeah, you probably fifty thousand, sixty thousand. It's like micro to what you're what you're what you're used to sure sure yeah we've been there so we know how to get there we've been yeah. there before so we know how to get there so that's why I, i've been there before i know how to get there so that's why like starting out was like pretty much you know every everything i thought it was going to be but then it wasn't because of the pandemic yeah which is like all right you know look so is your reset recession proof yeah you know and yeah like we always said we're recession proof yeah and then um if you look back historically at when the economy was down, you'll see AIL has a double digit growth year. Yeah. I did that before I started. I did research because I'm not just going to start working for a company based upon what yes. someone said. So yeah, I, yeah. I did research and they told me that this company was, was up every time the economy was down. We're recession proof. So I said, all right, let me do the research. So I pulled up that and I pulled up the growth and I saw that every time. So they throw the pandemic at us, right? And they say you guys, you know, thought you were recession proof, right? Yeah. Well, now let's 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 see how you guys fare now. Yeah. Um so our company stepped up ma- in major ways. I think they said it was like a 9-day turnaround. 9-day, yeah. Yeah, it was and, quick. And went from 100 I think we're the largest in-home life insurance company. We sold nobody sold more life insurance at people's kitchen tables than our company. Yeah. And we switched from being the largest in-home to the largest virtual, virtual. you know, in like a month or something. So that was a pretty yeah. cool story. And we were just part of all that. And, um, you know, we were able to adapt and evolve. And, yeah. you know, they say that the, the animals that are the strongest and the fastest and the biggest aren't always the ones that survive. It's the ones that can adapt. Yep. Right. So our company's obviously been able to adapt and make those changes. So. Um, that was a huge part in starting the agency. We went through major, major changes. And if I and the agency was not able to make that change and adapt, then uh, we would not be here today. <laughs> yeah. You know? 
Now, when you moved here, I was I saw you touring the homes. What was the coolest house you got to you got to see? Man, it was not on purpose. It was it was crazy. I moved to Chicago and they start taking us on these homes and they send us a list. They're like, "Here's a couple homes that would meet your criteria in the area that you chose." And um and we go and we pick the homes out. We're like, oh, this one looks good. This one, I don't want to waste time. I don't want to go look at that home. Yeah. And the ones that they end up taking us to, we walk in and um, uh, one of them was Scottie Pippen's That's what I was like. House. I think I saw Scottie Pippen's house on Tommy's store. I was trying to tell someone the other day. So in the 90s, he had a big ass house, sweet pad. And you could tell it was like even a 90s type of vibe, right? But he had a big basketball court and it was awesome. Um but someone else was owning that house and they were selling it. So it was being sold by someone else. Yeah. Right. And uh, then we go to look at another home and we walk in and there's a basketball court in this house. And guess what number's on it? 33. Wow. Scotty Pippen's house. Yeah. Another one. <laughs> Again. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah. He, he, he lives in Highland Park and then his other house was right up the street. Um, and he w this was the one he actually lived in, and he was selling that one. So the one, the, both of them were for sale at the same time, right? Yeah. Weird. And uh, what, what was funny though is is he had a like a you know like a china cabinet, mm -hmm. china cabinet I guess in his living room, but he didn't have china in it. He had the uh, NBA championship trophies were in it. That's right? hilarious. And uh, and he had a Ziploc on it. So nobody could get in there, like one of those white Ziplocs. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's not. How was that going to do? I mean, that's how he had them secured. Yeah. So. <laughs> but, you know, um, yeah, those houses were, were pretty nice. And um, the other one was uh, Chuck Pagano. He was the defensive coordinator for the uh, Bears at the time. So we looked, looked, at, looked at his house as well. But the neighborhood we live in now is re really nice. Your house uh, is dope. You got the, is it indoor and outdoor pool? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So we rented a house for a year in Glenview. Yep. And then we shopped around, and then we found a neighborhood, and this house in the neighborhood. Everything was just amazing. The neighbors and the community, the schools. Yep. I mean, it's like. What's your favorite part of the house? Um, the neighborhood. You know, if this house was in a different neighborhood, we wouldn't have got it. You know, like if we was just like in on, on its own little road, like. It's the, the community. Yep. It's a private community, and, and all the people, the neighbors are really nice. And um, But, yeah, uh, but as far as the house, the physical part of the house, man, um, it's hard to even say, man. It's hard to say. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, we've been spending more time, um, like, in, in, the, in the studio downstairs because there's, like, we just got all of our toys down there, the TV and you know it's like more of a family setting so yeah i don't know there's can't really say you know. i started <laughs> in your in your pad in pittsburgh we we called in the basement we didn't have, is that when we didn't have the office because we were yep. transitioning right yeah so i got hired at gibsonia i worked there for a month and then we were transitioning and i spent the next month in your basement and then the next month in south hills and then uh and then by my fourth month i dropped thirty thousand, and we were in wexford yep so yep. But but yeah, it was it was fun down those basement nights. James Kiefer'd come over. You'd have uh, the the what's the drink with the the like burgundy cup? 
Moscow. Oh, the Moscow Mules. Moscow yeah. Mules. Everybody That's a co- a, copper cup. Yeah, the copper, the copper cup. And I was, it was, it was fun, dude. I'm 18, 19 years old, making a bunch of money. There's just some rich ass dude. You know what I mean? Like just crazy basement. I was like, holy fuck. I was, yeah, I was like, we, we don't doing? got nowhere to call. Let's go to the basement. Yeah, <laughs> we order pizza. Yeah, we'd be like 20, 30 of us down there. I mean, and your wife would just, she would just was cool with it you know she I mean? was you she was kids. cool with it for sure and you you really gotta you know think about kudos to her my, we just moved into this house it's a brand new house you know yeah when you move into a new house you're like take your shoes off right yeah and so i'm like babe i'm gonna have a call session just a couple guys before you know it there's cars lined up and down the street my lined neighbors up. are thinking like who's this person that just moved into the neighborhood yeah and then on top of that antonio just got home from the hospital so she's like, you're bringing all these people. They're sick. You know, she found out like one day that the one guy had a cold who was over our house. And yeah. now she has to disinfect the basement. And, you know, and we got Antonio just came home from the hospital with, yeah. you know, so um, for her to be cool with that and for us to, to make that happen was, was special too. Those were cool, you know? Yeah. Good we, yeah. We'd have, uh, what we, we did the competition where, you know, the, the top people for the hour would go down and shoot basketball. Shoot basketball. And whoever made the basketball got the, the prize. Yeah. You had a mini hoop where we all tried to fight over the top score. I feel like you or Uranko had the top score in the mini hoop. Yeah. That, well, if it's between me and Uranko, then I think you know who had yeah, the top score. Yeah. <laughs> you would get close. Now, what's what's the future vision for you? You know what I mean? Like, where do you want to live? You know what I mean? Do you, is there any more? You want a bigger house? You want other cars or anything uh yeah i mean i want um everyone to be able to just get whatever they want yeah you know and if they can get what they want you know then i then then i got what i want yeah you know and then and then also then i'd be able to get whatever i want too on top of that because there really shouldn't be anything that you really want that you're not able to get if you just help you know that's like so it's crazy to say, but you know that's like kind of what I want to see is other people being able to um, do, you know, what what you know some of the things I've done, but do it way bigger, way better. Yeah. Right? And they should because today this AIL vehicle is souped up; it's supercharged compared supercharged, to dude. what we were driving in the you field. Know. You know, you can only train one person, two people at a time max. Oh man. I mean, everything, the whole company in itself is just compared to when I came in, it was already a sports car. It was already an exotic. It was already the one of the, the it was already flying by cars. Everything. Yeah. Now they just kept adding to it and making it better, faster, slicker, more aerodynamic, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, and we're like a hybrid now, you know? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, uh, personally where I would want to live, I think you mentioned that. I kind of want to be able to just be wherever I want to be and yeah. not be tied down to anything at all. You yeah. know, obviously it sucks because, you know, we have to be in certain places at certain times, but I eventually want to, you know, be able to have a situation where I don't have to be anywhere that I don't really want to be. Yeah. And it kind of, we kind of can do that now. We're on, we're on boss. Nobody makes us, nobody put a gun to our head to, to do anything really. Yeah. Yeah do what we want to do anyways but i think for some reason we're all trapped still like we could do what we want but some reason we don't why not yeah right not in a bad destructive way like i want to go out and be you know like a party all day i want to go out and just do what i want to do like i, I want to 
have the ability to do what I want to do, but we're still kind of trapped in these boxes of, you know, like we got to go, like my son got to go to school. How am I going to get around him going to school? Like he has to go to school, so we have to live here. We what's, have to what's be What's Cardone here. do with it? I feel like his key, like, you know, that's what I want. Like we should be able to do what kids we want, whatever we want. Jet. And I want to get to, to that point a little bit more. But I also do like the structure of normalcy as far yeah. as being a citizen, community, and you know all that as well. But I want if I don't want to, I don't want to have you know. So as far as like living though, I like living in Chicago. So yeah, I I, I could see us always you know just having a place out here and. You know, we have ties in Pittsburgh, maybe getting a place in Pittsburgh, but really just being... No warm place? I mean, they get warm for half the year, both places. Yeah. Warm place, where would you want to live? Texas. Texas? Dallas. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I always... Is that why you always got the cowboy hat on? (laughs) Well, I grew up in Arkansas, so, like, I only saw the cowboys. Like, that's that's all I saw in the house growing up was the cowboys, so... Yeah. You know, everybody was always talking about... uh, that's Troy Aikman and it's really nice in Texas. Yeah, Dallas. Beautiful. Yeah, I love Dallas. You, you've been you've been in the Globe Life stadiums and everything like yeah. that down there, dude. They're dope. Yeah. Really nice. Really it's all a nice. dope experience. As we wrap up here, what's your favorite movie? <sighs> favorite movie? Oh, that's a good one. I, I've watched so many movies. Yeah. You watch a lot of movies? Yeah, shit ton of movies. Yeah, yeah all right. Shit. That's all the right, only good. thing I like outside of this. Uh, sometimes I do movie quotes and stuff, and pe- people don't get yeah. it. You know, I'm like, that's, that's cool. You know. So. Yeah. Um, uh, for me, I guess, you know, growing up, uh, we, we, uh, I watched like Top Gun growing up. That's one of my favorite movies. Top Gun. They're coming out the two. Top Gun two. I can't wait. I'm, I'm right at the movie theater for that yes. one. <laughs> yes, you got to. Um, yeah, that Top Gun was probably my favorite if I had to say growing up. Uh, Karate Kid is just super classic though. Yeah. Do you like uh, on Netflix the uh, Cobra Kai? I haven't got into it. It's yeah. coming back though. Yeah, is it yeah, good? It's, it's all right. It's not bad. It's all right. I feel like shows are like a little much. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I can't like completely commit to shows, but I, I'll because if I watch a movie, I gotta like I gotta like cut it up into pieces. You know what I mean? I'll get a little yeah. bit done today, a little bit done tomorrow. I'm a movie guy. I don't watch the shows because it's too much of a too much. Yeah, and then I get pissed. I have to wait for next season. I get like pretty angry. <laughs> what the hell I gotta wait what's what your about, favorite movie my favorite movie um, I have on there it's, it's, it switches between Troy that's uh, that Brad Pitt Brad Pitt yep, yep. and then uh, this one's a little more recent King Arthur Legend of the Sword and uh, I haven't seen it that has Charlie Hunnam or whatever the dude from Sons of Anarchy mm. and uh, really really it, they're, they're both similar stories but that one's more of like a comeback kid you are in a King Arthur, like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That King Arthur Legend of the Sword. It's watch like, it with the kids. Yeah, very motivational. It's like good, good for like a like a wrestling pump up movie or something like that. Yeah, like that's funny you say that because like I try to, I try to like if if we know we have a wrestling match the next day. Yeah, that, movie, I would put movie that on. night. I put something like Karate Kid. Yeah, or something like that on. When I wrestled, I wrestled for two like two solid years. Once was one year was in Arkansas when I was like, like Tommy's age. I was probably like six or seven or something, and did great, did phenomenal. But my major move was the head toss. I came to Western <laughs> Pennsylvania, got back into wrestling eighth grade. The head toss did not work on yeah. these kids at all. Mm-hmm. I got obliterated, hated it. Then I just got into just being a bad kid. But uh, a lot of the kids I wrestled with now are state champions and like they do phenomenal. Like one of the kids, 
that was in my like weight class in the same area was Spencer Lee. He was the oh wow yeah he's that's he's Western PA. He's right out there near all of us. So. Yeah, he's a G. All them kids. Headlock, head toss, headlock. You know, yep. we try and you know in Western PA they uh, you know I've noticed is like a theme a little bit. Yeah, they always like they 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 say we don't even teach the headlock. They don't yeah. teach it because when you get to older. It doesn't work that well. No. It doesn't work that well. People get so athletic and like it's real quick, sink their hips, and then you're they getting hip get tossed. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's You just go with the inertia and then you're getting tossed. So it's like, oh, shit, I shouldn't have done this. Yeah, even like I tell Tommy, if, if he's in a match, I'm like, no, don't put the headlock in, man. It's like almost too easy. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, so. But he looks like he runs a lot of half uh, half Nelsons. That's that's his move, he man. He just ha yeah. Put that, put, put that, like whatever, whatever. Just puts their head in there. Half Nelson look like he's pinning these cats every time. I wish he, I wish he could do more armbar, and, and but his it works. So oh yeah, dude, he's ripping these kids apart. It's dope. What about favorite restaurant? Mine's Napa Prime, but I haven't okay. been all over Napa Prime in Pittsburgh. Napa Prime in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, okay. If you're talking about Pittsburgh, Napa Prime is awesome for sure. Uh, I I would like to sometimes if I was go to Pittsburgh right now. Um, it would be like Hyde Park, Spork, yeah, you know, or the uh, Italian place, um, uh, La Familia, Illa Familia. Now in Chicago, um, I like to go downtown and go to uh, RPM Seafood. Uh, I've been there once. Phenomenal, best food I've had in, in the city. RPM. They have seafood. an RPM Italian. I did have that, and it was wasn't that good. Nah, I wasn't very impressed with it. There's another Italian place that I hear is really phenomenal. Uh, Sienna Tavern. I had Sienna Tavern. Is that good? Oh yeah, yeah, good. I want to find a classic homemade. Italian place that's like more of like where like mobsters or something used to go or yeah, yeah. Around because Chicago gotta have it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know any of those places. Favorite book. Um, the Twenty One Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. You know that. Yeah, that was probably it. Yeah, I remember you said because you reread it every year. You... Uh, yeah, we read it. Um, I read it twice. Right, right now, what we do is uh, we take all the uh, future leaders in our agency, yep. and um, we meet with them before they get in the leadership, and we meet with them once a week and go over the twenty-one laws of leadership with yep. them. And they they start on chapter one, and we do all twenty-one laws. And after 21 weeks, they they graduate, and they no longer are in the FBLA anymore. Yeah. So uh, if you came in and let's say you you, you were going to get from you know in leadership, we would put you in like let's say right now we're on chapter eight. You'd start on chapter eight, mm -hmm. but now you have to stay on until you go all the way back around till chapter eight, and then you graduate FBLA. Even if you get promoted, you still stay in them. Wow. You know. But anyways, so we do that twice a year. Um, and, uh, that book helped me in leadership, which helped me tremendously in this business, which when you crush it in this business, it changes your life yeah. forever. So that book, you know, kind of Change, changed, changed life. my life. Yeah. Changed you know? your life. But the more foundational one would be the, um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. It's my, my favorite. My too. dad gave me that book, um, and he didn't give me the book. He actually gave me um, this big box mm -hmm. of of cassettes. Wow, cassettes, and there was like twenty one cassettes or something. I bought a Walkman cassettes. the other day. Oh, really? I still yeah. sell them. 
Yeah, well, I got it on Amazon. It was kind of expensive. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I was like, one of my favorite movies was Guardians of the Galaxy, and I wanted to really experience. Yes. So I got I got the cassette from the movie, and then the Walkman too. So that's awesome, man, dude. I was huge cassette guy, huge on cassettes, man. I, I had the Walkman. Feels different than the Beats. I like like the feeling I get from the music from from the Walkman. It's it's more of like a like a livey feeling if that even makes sense i don't know how to explain it but i you almost feel like you're there we used to listen to the radio so some people might be able to re relate to this we used to listen to the radio and then if they are playing a song that you would like you, you had your blank cassette in there wow you would hit record so every night they had the top eight at eight yeah and i would record the top eight at eight and then i made a mixtape ah and then on my way to school in the morning i would be at my bus stop <laughs> yeah I listen to the cassette tape yeah but my dad ended up giving me uh 21 uh, you know cassettes of of think and grow rich you wow. know when i was like younger right? 18 or something like that wow so that's a good one too anything else on your mind we've been ripping for a while anything else on your mind you want to get out there uh no man it's been you know, definitely um I mean, definitely good just catching up and just talking, man. For you sure. Know, just, hey, he's asking me all these questions, so I'm just trying to think of the answers. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, for sure, dude. So uh, if, if any of the audience, you know, don't work with our company and they want to work with you, where can they find you or where could they contact you? Yeah, uh, that's the the Vena Agency. Yep. So um, our website's just thevenaagency.com. Dope. And you really just go right on there. So that's the easiest way. And we got like social media, Instagram, yep. Facebook, and um, now YouTube. They're doing, you make some YouTube videos. Dope. Um, but yeah, that's, that'd be, um, that'd be the best places. Sounds good. Well, we got another episode logged. Thank you again, Tommy. Have a great day. Peace, y'all. Thanks, man.